Screw it, screw it, we're just gonna talk about Spider-Man. Hello and welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about Spider-Man. This is the podcast where we talk about the original run of Spider-Man comics issues, the ones that were done by the original creative team of Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Um, I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Will Hines. I'm your other co-host. My name is Kevin Hines. And we're two guys from the uh, UCB Theater. We're performers there. We're huge fans, lifelong fans of Spider-Man. Uh, the character in general and these comics in particular. We don't really have any official expertise to do this, but we've just um, we've just uh, taken taken our right as podcasters to talk about whatever we want yeah. to talk about this topic that we love so much. Yeah, that's right. Uh, if you were going to pick two people to host this podcast, there's no particular reason you would pick us other than that we like it. Yep, but we have liked it our whole lives, and. Um, and these comics we read when we were kids and we've reread them many times and we love them. And if you're a Spider-Man fan and you've never read the original uh, Spider-Man comics that created the character and the world, man, you're missing out. you got to do it. So maybe, maybe this podcast will help inspire you to go back and yeah, look at find them. these reprints, especially like this first like couple of years. It's so good. Oof. Yeah. So uh, and today we're going we're doing I mean, uh, uh, this is a comic that I've been when we decided we were going to do this podcast, this was maybe the first one I thought about, ooh, I can't wait till we get to this issue. And this is Amazing Spider-Man number three, uh, which uh, I think, Kevin, we both agree is the first great Spider-Man issue. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the origin is a phenomenal story and a phenomenal origin, but this is like the first, yeah. like, everything's in place. Now he's Spider-Man. Let's get going. And it's only the third issue, which is also crazy, but it's so good. Yeah. This is only the fourth Spider-Man story ever and the third issue of his own comic. And it's, <laughs> it's so you good. You could have stopped here um, and you'd be like, they did a good, they did a good job. I mean, if they would have stopped here, it would have been like, why'd they stop? <laughs> they, they, they just like started making this amazing thing. So um, the villain of this issue is Dr. Octopus. Right. And of course, if you know anything about Spider-Man, you know that this is one of the main villains. Uh, this is where he's created. Um, he lasts forever in the Spider-Man universe. He comes back many, many times. He was the star of the second movie, yeah. or the, sorry, the villain of the second movie. He was the star. He was the best um, part of that movie. Uh, yeah, and he, right. And until the Green Goblin comes along, I would say if Spider-Man has an arch nemesis, this is it. Yes, and um, he's another one of the many Ditko villains where I have to imagine that that Ditko created him just to have cool stuff to draw, like the crazy, you know, Dr. Octopus is a scientist who gets these metal arms fused to his body that he has, that he can control with his mind, a la an octopus. And so there's these four long metal arms that Steve Ditko, the artist, can draw in so many weird combinations. Yeah. Uh, and it looks and really cool. So sort of like short squat, not like a muscular brute. Like, you know, Doc Ock is not an intimidating guy without the arm. Yeah, he looks like a gas pump. He's like this short, squat, stocky, late 40s atomic scientist. There's a number of times, including the cover, where he's just sort of in silhouette and you mostly look at the arms because he looks like that's what makes him scary is that they see arms sort of reaching out from the shadows. Yes. Um, uh, he was... Uh, Steve Ditko was so visually creative. I think that he was just like, what's a weird freaky thing to draw time and time again. And I think most of the Spider-Man villains, you can look at them as a visual exercise first, although they usually have great characters. Yeah, even also. as like a uh, uh, last episode, we talked a lot about the vulture and how much I liked watching Spider-Man fight in the air uh, as he's being sort yeah. of whipped around. And Doc Ock's got this interesting thing where he himself is very stationary a lot of times in fights, but his arms are everywhere. And Spider-Man is sort of yeah. leaping around him. And it's 
sort of got this sort it's of a cool contrast anchor is just Doc Ock kind of sitting there. And I think that adds a yeah, great Yeah, his vision. squat figure. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, when again, when you think about Spider-Man, you think about the stories and you think about his wisecracks or his powers. And one reason I'm glad that we're going back over these old issues is just to see how much Steve Ditko, you know, how crucial he was to like creating the mood. I mean, there's a reason why most of the Spider-Man villains are the ones that Steve Ditko came up with. And I... I he's a little scary, Doctor Octopus. There's a yes. couple moments in this. The stakes story are higher in this like, issue. This guy is a scary character. He's a he's a he's a monster. He's a total. Yeah, he's an egomaniac monster. He's a real villain, actual bad guy with real power. Um, the stakes are higher in this issue than pr- past ones, just because of that. He seems so dangerous. It's really cool. Yeah. So um, uh, before we get into it, just a couple things to think about. Uh, the comic at this point was still bi-monthly, so it still was the only Marvel superhero that was not coming out every month. Uh, Ant-Man, yeah. Thor, Iron Man, the Fantastic Four, Human Torch's solo book, uh, they all came out every month. But Spider-Man was every other. Yeah, that's interesting. He still wasn't important enough to merit, although that would change yeah, very soon. After, I think. Uh, issue five will be the first issue that comes out one month after a previous issue. So we're almost there. And this is the first comic where there's one story for the whole yeah, issue. Yeah, that's right. Up till uh, now, issues one and two, there were... Uh, two stories and Amazing Fantasy was just an 11 page story. So this is a full uh, cover to cover story. Yeah. And Ditko's art in this story, his art, of course, his art's great the whole time, but it jumps up a notch here. We start to reach peak Ditko in this issue in terms of the, the acrobatics that Spider-Man does, the shadows and the mood, um, the, the composition of the frames where he's fighting Dr. Octopus. I mean, it's, it's, it's so awesome. I love this issue. It's probably not even worth to bring it up at this point because we have so much other stuff to talk about, but I'm just thinking about how great the Spider-Man logo is on the cover. Uh, I've just got it open to the cover right in front of me right now. I love this logo. Yeah. Uh, you mean his no, head? the logo, just where it says the amazing Spider-Man, the title. Oh, the, the uh, words. Yeah. Spider webs all over it. Uh, oh yeah. It stays this way for decades, yeah. right? Like. It just looks great. Um, it's such a simple a title at the top, but it kind of gives a feel of sort of like this is a kind of a weird superhero. The cover is so great. You've already you've already alluded to it, but like it's Doctor Octopus in silhouette with his forearms holding Spider Man. Uh, you know, one arm on each of his wrists and an arm on each of his ankles, just kind of splaying him out before him. Really, Octopus looks more like a spider than Spider Man yeah. here. Um, and actually, you know, now that I think about it, the background is like a brick wall, but it's drawn sort of web-like. Yeah. It looks like Octopus has Spider-Man caught in a web, uh, and it's beautiful. I mean, oof, is it, a, it, is a, it is a great yeah, cover. If you saw this cover on the spinner racks or on the newsstand, I think you'd, I think you'd, you'd want to read it. I think you'd be like, I got to see what this is. And, and doing this, this podcast has made me remember how much that Spider-Man was born in a science fiction slash fantasy anthology series. You know, that had dark twist endings uh, that was more sinister. And I think some of that sinister, dark, Twilight zone creepiness stayed in the series for a long time. You know, it's not just like a sunny Superman and a silly villain that he's punching out. It's like there's real creepiness in everything. And it's cool. Yeah, I mean, even the original Doctor (laughs) Doom stories, like he was a villain, but he wasn't like a scary villain. He was sort of a pompous, larger than life, you know. Well, I want to control the world guy. 
And his name is insane. Yeah. But I guess that doesn't change in Spider-Man. The names yeah. are all insane here, They're too. They're crazy. I mean, this guy takes the name Dr. Octopus very easily. <laughs> yeah, he adapts to that before he's even a supervillain. All right, let's, yeah. let's get into it. I can't wait. I can't wait anymore. So first page, we set up the theme of the issue, which is that Spider-Man, it's so easy for him to beat up your normal villains that he's almost bored. Yeah. And we introduce that when he, like, stop, <laughs> he stops three guys who are <laughs> wheeling a safe down That's the sidewalk. Right. Uh <laughs> You know, it's it's the middle of the night. They're wheeling a safe somewhere. He leaps down, beats them up in seconds and thinks to himself, it's nope. almost too easy. It's yeah. Cool. I've run out of enemies who can give me any real opposition. Come, come a long way from like issue one where he sort of failed at both missions. Now it's just like, ugh, just bank robbers. Yeah. He's got a, he has a light in his belt, like that illuminates a big like Spider-Man face onto the wall. To, to lead the cops to where the villains are yeah. hanging, which is something that hasn't been introduced. It's just there. It's a weird thing. He uses it just sort of occasionally, and it doesn't seem to serve much purpose most of the times he uses I just wonder if there was like a bat signal in Batman. I, I just wonder how much, you know, Marvel at this time is still like a very small company compared to DC. Uh, and I wonder how much there are taking cues from stuff that worked at DC. So like, this is almost like a little spider signal corresponding to a bat signal here. Someone using it to get Batman's attention. Spider-Man just uses it (laughs) to get other people's attention. Just to decorate the walls. Uh, It just looks cool. Uh, I I love that's uh, maybe it does look cool. Um, It's probably the kind of thing that Stan Lee and Steve Ditko didn't even decide. Ditko just drew it in and Stan Lee has to kind of address it in the balloons as he wishes. I, I love these guys pushing the safe down the sidewalk. <laughs> sure. Anytime Steve Ditko or Jack Kirby has to draw a gang of toughs, uh, they're always dudes who look like 50 years old, uh, weird combinations of like pork pie hats and like sleeveless tank tops. They always have nice slacks on. Ditko's guys are always wearing like real good pants. Yeah, nice <laughs> shoes, nice pants. They're they're, they're always like half suits, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they, they just came from the office. They're very debonair. <laughs> they, they switched into just their, the top half of them are thugs and the bottom half is Wall uh, Street. spider takes these guys out in one panel. There's three yeah, guys. He's punch- he takes them all out in one panel. It, convincingly, weirdly. It's like drawn. I'm like, yeah, they're done. Um, so that's the theme of the issue. Things are too easy for Spider-Man. So moving on to page two, now we meet Dr. Octopus and he doesn't have his powers yet. He's just a atomic scientist who has made this contraption of four arms that he can use to move around radioactive material safely. Yeah. Which sort of, although it doesn't look too safe to me. It, it, yeah. He's like behind like a little glass barrier or something, but it sort of makes just enough sense that I, I buy it. Cause like we've definitely seen things uh, where people like behind barriers and have to like reach through uh, operating like mechanical arms separate from themselves. So wearing these yeah. mechanical arms feels like a realistic device. Oh, yeah. It, def- it definitely passes your comic book logic muster. You know, uh, it looks cool. OK, he uses it to manipulate radiation. Radiation must just have been the most amazing thing ever in the early 60s because almost every single Marvel comic radiation is at the it's center radiation of it. or space travel or both. Yep. Um, there's an accident. So we see. So we see. There's an accident, yes, an explosion. So the arms do not prevent Dr. O- oh, and he's called Dr. Octopus, right? That's They've his already nickname. That's what the other scientists call him because he looks like he's got, including his legs, eight arms, eight limbs. Yep. Uh, so there's a, an accident, an explosion. Um, it seems like it's it, 
a near deadly one that leaves the lab in wreckage and it almost kills. Our scientist's name is Otto Octavius, right? Yep. right? <laughs> Conveniently, yeah. he was named from birth, ready to be his supervillain persona. Have, uh, uh, oh yeah, Otto Octavius is his real name. Uh, is I didn't know if it here? was that was something that was revealed later on, but yeah, you know, this man it's is in a Otto Octavius, yes. better known to his coworkers as Doctor Octopus. So yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there's a big explosion. It seems like everyone must die except for him. Yeah, there's like a tragic accident. We see him in the hospital. Um, he wakes up and he's like, oh, I must return to my work. I must return to my work. But they're like, no, no, you have to rest. This is a serious accident. His arms are still fused to his body. They haven't taken them They've off. They've been permanently fused and we at see this it, point. They don't know how to get them off yet. And the doctors make a comment that there's brain damage because yeah. of this accident. The x-rays show an uncertain amount of brain damage. I'm afraid his mind has been permanently damaged. Uh, and this is our most logical Spider-Man villain yet, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's been driven crazy by this accident. He was already a little full of himself and now he's got brain damage and he's a full egomaniac, which we can see once the doctors leave the room because he thinks to himself, they're jealous of me. They want to keep me from my work, but I'll show them. I'm stronger than I any of them. So he, he's, looks, he looks crazy. The drawing is great. Uh, he looks nuts. Uh, and I also love, I love old Marvel comics for how fast they move. Uh, when the Doctor Strange movie came out, I know that you're not as you're not that big a fan of the Doctor Strange movie, Kevin. I I'm think um, I, I don't think it's super great, but it did. I, th I thought it was good, and I it felt simple in the way of these comics, like the you know uh, Stephen Strange is introduced and he is shown to be cocky, 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 and then immediately has like a downfall. And here we have Otto Octavius. Co you know, ego, 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 and then it f turns into full megalomania with the explosion. Yeah. Fast. It moves fast. Like, he's crazy by the end of page three. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we have the interesting challenge of the arms definitely look cool to be drawn, but now Stan Lee has to do the work of trying to convince us that having four metal arms is way more useful than it probably is. Like he has to talk a lot about their strength and how far they can reach. Like when I really think about it, I'm not so sure that four metal arms would be that useful in the real world, you know, compared to something like the flash sure. where like I can easily imagine that like super speed is like legit helpful. I mean, this guy's not going to uh, easily handle the Superman or Green Lantern or anything like that. Um, but he's got if he's if they are super strong these arms they're able to rip bars off the wall um, and they can and I guess they're also very fast like because he controls them with his yeah. mind they react very quickly that's right uh, um, so first thing he does is he breaks off the bars of his hospital window so they had him in a barred room so they knew something was up yeah. I guess um, and he's immediately nuts. Uh, we see him say, somehow my mechanical arms have almost become a part of me. They obey my every command with such power and my brilliant mind. I'm the supreme human being yeah, on Earth, <laughs> which is a big leap. I mean, there's the Fantastic Four. You got Ant-Man out there, Spider-Man. You're definitely not the supreme being. But hey, I like a confident villain, so I'm glad he thinks highly yeah, of himself. I think these next panels after he escapes are very spooky, too. Like a guy uh, just yes. going into a room saying, you wanted to see me, Dr. Octopus? And uh, he shuts the door behind him. And we don't see what happens in there. We just see, what is it, you? Oh, no, no. Uh, and Doc Ock laughs at him. And I'm just like, oh, what happened behind these doors? I'm sort of 
it sort of creeps me out. It's good horror movie technique. We can't quite see what he does to these people, but he's but he's making a lot of people come work for him. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, we cut to J. Jonah Jameson, and J. Jonah Jameson is talking to Peter Parker. And what does J. Jonah Jameson he wants want? Photos. Pictures of an injured scientist. He wants scientist. photos of this injured scientist. That's front page news. Yeah. Uh, set aside the editorial where I just talk about Spider-Man. Show me pictures of an injured scientist. Yeah. Uh, and Peter Parker uh, is still very cocky and arrogant. He, th- he knows he can get these photos. There's like a panel of him just sort of laughing at how easily he'll get these photos. Uh, yeah, he's really cocky with JJJ. Just have a check ready for me when I bring in the pics at Dr. Octopus. Like for a guy who around his high school friends is a total wallflower... He really struts his stuff around J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. I mean, right at this point, he's Spider-Man. He's been beating up people all day. This guy has got a big head all of a sudden. All right, so he heads to the hospital where Doc Ock is. Again, he's coming here to get pictures, not to, like, stop nope. the dude. He's way more interested in making money than fighting crime yeah, He's still. just using his powers to be a photographer. If he fights some crime while he's doing that, so be it. And he um, spies... On Dr. Octopus's room, and he sees the evil plan that's afoot. He conveniently spies at a time where Doc Ock is revealing his evilness. Yeah, he's captured some people, a couple nurses, a doctor. They've gotten him all this equipment at his command. They're begging to be let go. Um, But he is... Uh, And he throws one of the civilian scientists. He grabs him and like tosses him around in the air like a cat playing with a mouse. Spider-Man's almost excited about this. He's he's looking forward to this challenge. Well, well. So the good doc has flipped his lid, eh? Well, this is just what I've been hoping for. A little action. So Spider-Man breaks into the room. He challenges Doc Hawk. He's really cocky. He gives a little uh, trademark Spider-Man joke. Yep. Uh, The hilarious joke. Uh, I sure ain't Albert Schweitzer. Is his joke? Is that the one? Yep. Yes, that's right. That's his. That's his big joke. <laughs> uh, and Doc Ock does um, not like that. Yeah, you dare speak flippantly to me, you fool! When I'm finished with you, you'll sing a different tune. Man, I love Stanley Arch villain dialogue. is so yeah, fun. Yeah. Um, and this fight, um, so uh, we Spider Man fights, and he does, he does badly. really badly. Gets punched almost right away. Uh, his web yep. is getting ripped apart. He he's just he's he's uh, scrambling the whole time. He's barely hanging on. He's, he's barely holding on to the arms. They're so strong. Doc Ock rips his web apart. He easily grabs hold of Spider-Man and just holds him in the air. He like immediately has him completely subdued, brings him yeah. close to him, and Doc Ock slaps just him across slaps the face him. in this very demeaning way. Yeah. Just toys with him. him. Just slaps him in the face. It's just an insult. It's a humiliation. And then tosses him out the window um, as if, who cares about this guy? I'm not even worried about you. And Peter Parker, in response to this, quits. Yes. He pulls off his mask. He is... Oh, it's a beautiful drawn picture by Steve Ditko of him pulling off his mask. Yeah. He is distraught. He's like, well, that's it. He immediately quits. What do I do now? I've never been beaten before, but this time my spider powers are not enough. Is this the end of Spider-Man? First of several times that Spider-Man will almost quit, by yeah. the way. But it is something that I do love about the issue. Like when you're a kid reading these um, stories, and, and even now, uh, you can emotionally relate to being overwhelmed and wanting to just leave. Like he is on his own always yeah. in these stories. It also it was well set up. He sort of like was confident. Everything was easy for him. And then the first yeah. real challenge he can't handle. So it's like, oh, I was only good at the easy fights. Uh, so now we see Doc Ock starting to act out his plan. He's He leaves the hospital and we see him breaking into the Atomic Research Center where his accident happened. And where we presume there's all this like powerful – atomic equipment and radiation stuff. We see him breaking in and these pictures look good, man. Yeah. 
He, when he's like the legs, he's like walking along with his legs and scaling over buildings yeah, and walls. Are, like, it looks good and creepy. Have been and like uh, very curved and and flexible up till now, and now we see them rigid and and long. And I, it, he looks like a big he insect. Looks so weird. If you saw this guy going down the street, you'd be freaked out. Completely freaked out. Um, Using his arms and his knowledge of the place, I assume, because he used to work here, he breaks in very easily. He gets by the alarm systems. He grabs people and throws them aside until he's in the brain center and he has control of the, what is it called? Just atomic research yeah. center. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure what his plan really was. He just wants atomic power. Um, uh, it's one of those things that doesn't, when you think about it, it doesn't make any sense, but uh, you let it go because, well, he was an atomic scientist. He'll he'll know what to do with it and somehow. He's crazy. He's, so he's, he's broken. And he's he's crazy. Um. Uh. So his first move is to destroy part of the plant and rebuild it to suit himself. Yeah, scares everybody um, off. Sets up electronic he, barriers, he, whatever that means, all over the place. Yeah, he he lets the radiation leak out in certain places. That makes everybody run away. He controls all the machines to like just throw stuff around. Like he scares everybody yeah. out. And uh, but he's got himself barricaded in the brain center, and nobody can get to him. Uh, we have a really great panel of him underlit, so he looks good and villainous. And he says, uh, they realize I cannot be stopped and have given up trying. I've won. The plant is mine. I am now in complete control. And he's <laughs> sort of right. They don't know what to do. Sort of right. They set a barricade He's up having outside, an easy time of it. But they don't, they're even outside. They're thinking, uh, why, why they post sentries here? If Dr. Octopus tries to get out, how can we stop him? Yeah, they know they're powerless. Meanwhile, we cut to Peter Parker. He's home with Aunt May and he's completely depressed. Yeah. I'm a failure. Spider-Man is a joke. A nothing. There's the phone. <laughs> he gets a phone call <laughs> and he identifies it in his thought bubble that that's what that bring is. Uh, but it's uh, Jacob yep. and James uh, asking about those photos. He needs those scientist photos. Yeah, he's really checking up on that. But uh, Peter's like, no, I'm not going to get those photos. I'm not doing anything. I mean, he's completely given up on everything. Yeah. Uh, and he puts on his weird blue suit and he goes to school. Yep. Uh, but and the, you know, he's, luckily he's, he, he gets to school. He's sad. Everyone's sort of commenting on it. The kids at school are nicest to him they've ever been just because they're not completely insulting him. But he's sad. He's depressed yeah. and he sort of doesn't care. But luckily for him, the Human Torch is uh, the special guest at a school assembly to give an inspirational That's speech. That's a great get for this uh, this high school. Yeah. I mean, like you, the Johnny Storm, the Human Torch is... Uh, a phenomenon of science, a superhero, and he's here at a public high school just giving a little talk. You know, the Fantastic Four, they do outreach. They go to like local New York places and just kind of help out the community. I mean, I can imagine Johnny Storm would be the most popular superhero in the Marvel Universe in that that universe. He's a young, good-looking teenager. He can fly, which is cool. He's the only... Like te- people, the person that people know is a teenager. They know he's attractive. He's a member of the most yeah. popular, famous team. The Avengers don't exist. There's no Captain America. Uh, this also sets up that nice dynamic that the FF are like the Kennedys. They're the good guys. They're the beloved heroes of America. Everybody adores them. And Spider-Man is sort of feared and suspected. So Peter Parker to be watching Johnny Storm is kind of like the the nerd is watching the jock be adored. Yeah. Of the super and Human Torch world. has been brought in to deal with Doctor Octopus. That's why he's in town, and he yeah he also lives, he lives in, in town. town. But he's been brought in specifically to face Doctor Octopus, but he can't right now because of a big FF mission. 
his flames have been diminished and he needs like a day to rest up first. Yeah, it's revealed later that he's got a little bit of a virus or something like that. So he's just giving a talk. But his talk, which is basically aiming at students to stay in school, inspires Peter Parker. Yeah, he does this big talk. He's like, uh, do your best in your studies. Don't be discouraged if it gets tough. The important thing is never give up. Remember that. Never give up. Ability alone is Ability. It's one yeah. lesson I've learned from my partnership with the Fantastic Four. Even the Fantastic Four have had defeats, but we always come back. Our motto is never say die. And this has a huge effect on Peter Parker. And it's, you know, th- this is something that happens several times over Amazing Spider-Man, and I am a sucker for it. I always love it. I love Peter getting cheered back on to fight harder. And often, un- unknowingly, people just are sort of giving him a pep talk, not realizing that they are... Also sort of saving the city. Yes. The, uh, Johnny Storm doesn't realize it, but he's 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 defeating Dr. Octopus indirectly by inspiring Peter yeah, Parker. Peter Parker goes up to Johnny Storm after the talk and says, I want to thank you for that speech. I'll never forget what you said today. It meant a lot to me. Uh, and Johnny doesn't get it at all. Yes. Uh, sure. Glad you enjoyed it, fella. Yeah. And he's signing autographs. Sort of just thinks it's another kid being like, thank you. Doesn't realize I remember how important a, it was. I remember as a kid loving that. Like, ooh, Johnny Storm doesn't know he's talking to Spider-Man. Yeah, it's a great moment. So now we get into a fully invigorated Peter Parker is going to go back and fight Dr. Octopus. Uh, and we see him breaking into the atomic research plant that we know Doc Ock has taken And over. he's already getting cocky again. He's so confident. Uh, <laughs> I know how strong you are. You won't have the advantage of surprise on your side again, is what he thinks to himself. He makes a big slingshot. He flings himself over the fence. Oh, looks great. He's... Climbing and swinging his way through rooms. Rooms in the Marvel Universe are always huge enough for Spider-Man to swing through. Um, Dr. Octopus is watching on a wall of monitors. And that has this great effect of lighting Dr. Octopus in this creepy way. Like Ditko uses all the devices to make Dr. Octopus always sort of like underlit and shadowed and evil looking. It just makes his arms look creepier. Um, we see him using, he's trying to remote control some machinery to get Spider-Man. He shoots him with some bolts. But this is... Spider-Man easily gets by all those obstacles. He's he's coming right for the big guy. That's right. Uh, he's just he's racing in. He makes a quick stop at the chemical lab, though. Yes, and uh, you know we like when Spider-Man uses his abilities as a science nerd, and so he's just grabbing some beakers and he's mixing up some chemicals. We don't know what he's doing, uh, but he gets a rope and he's tied together a bunch of test tubes of liquid in like a big sort of lasso. That's right. And he's carrying Also, Ditko loves drawing beakers with like fumes coming yeah. out. Like uh, Ditko loves smoke and fumes. <laughs> These are very active chemicals. Yeah. Um, so Spider-Man has uh, two lassos that have a bunch of test tubes tied in them, two like loops of rope. And he's wandering and looking for Dr. Octopus. But Dr. Octopus sees him first and takes and tries to grab him. Yeah, lands another great punch on Spider-Man too. Uh, yep. Like, once again, he, not, he sort of very starts fast. off losing. Uh, yes, uh, he Spider-Man takes. He's got two loops of rope. One of them he um, sort of loops oh, oh. ties two two of his arms together, but then he drops the other one. Yeah, and his chemicals um, have the, the effect of fusing those arms together, basically taking uh, to the arms. Now they're sort of permanently linked together. So Doc Ock is. Down an arm or down two arms, depending on how you want to look at it. Yes, two of his arms are stuck together, so he can't, like, do as much with them. Uh, every chemical in the Spider-Man universe is full of smoke and fumes, so the fused arms are giving off all this cool uh, gaseous stuff. Um 
but Doc Ock still has two arms free. This is a pretty good fight. This is, this is yeah. no one's going to go down easy. And even here. the fused arms um, don't stop him from using those arms. He just starts clubbing him with the fused arm. So in this one panel, somebody says "got you" and somebody says "but not for long." Uh, who's saying which there? Yeah. It, oh, Spider Man is saying "got you" and Doc Ock says "but yeah, not for long." It, all, well, all he's got is he's got a, his hand on Doc Ock's arms. He doesn't really got him. Yeah, he's holding onto two of his free arms. But then there's a cool shot where he like sort of like. As he's being yanked in front of Dr. Octopus, he sprays his web and blinds him temporarily. Right in the face. He shoots the webbing all over his face. Because the arms were strong enough, the mechanical arms are strong enough to rip the webbing. But Doc Ock's face and hands are not. Yeah, so he's temporarily blinded. Uh, Meanwhile, Doc Ock's arms have grabbed Spider-Man and they're pulling him towards him. And Spidey looks like he's having trouble. He's definitely... It takes it's taking all of his attention to hold on to the arms so they don't yeah, punch him. He's anymore. got to hold on to the two metal arms that are not fused together while the fused ones are dragging him closer. If he lets go of it's one a of good those battle. hands, they will destroy him, he thinks. Yeah, he so uh he has so but he's he's got a time it just right where he lets go of an arm and punches Doc Ock completely unconscious before the arm yeah, he, can he hit. Basically him. has to take Doc Ock. Ock out in one punch. Now he's just a normal dude, so it's not that hard. But he has to do it before the arms hit him. Um, before Doc Ock gets the webbing off. Yeah, and it works. Doc Ock is knocked out, and it works. Spider Man looks, you know, like it took a lot out of him. Yep. And then he uses his webs to tie up the other arms. Uh, the next time we we cut to a little bit later, and some of the the military sentries follow Spidey's little like electronic Spidey signal, and they find Doc Ock completely covered in webbing and hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. and he's been caught. Yeah, uh, it was a very successful superhero battle for Spider-Man the second time around. Now, even though the battle's over, there's one thing that Spider-Man has yet to do. We don't know what it is, but he's climbing up a hotel room yeah, where he's saying... Great little epilogue here. Yeah, so he climbs up a wall. He's going to see somebody. We don't know who, but then we cut to the hotel room and it's Johnny Storm who's being cleared by the doctor for superhero activity. Yep, and uh, he's excited. He wants to prove the Fantastic Four that he can handle somebody like Dr. Octopus alone. Uh, despite the fact that he's been in his solo book for a while now, he's proven himself as a solo hero. <laughs> yes, but for the purposes of this story... Yeah, he's very excited. He was hoping for the chance to take on Doc yeah. Ock. But Spider-Man jumps in the window and says, Relax, Torch. Dr. Octopus has been captured already. And this next sentence, I think, would be legitimately confusing to the yeah, Human he Torch. he tells the Human Torch, Thanks to you, Torch, Octopus is safely under wraps. And I owe you additional thanks because if not for you, Spider-Man might have been finished too. And then the Human Torch just goes. Torch response. Huh? Yeah. Which, it doesn't make any sense. And Spider-Man just swings away. So long, Torch. See you around, pal. Yep. Flaming fireballs. I, love this. I don't get it. What did I do? <laughs> flaming fireballs. I don't think the torch would say that. Flaming fireballs. Yeah, that's a great line. Uh, uh, Stan. Then uh, then the human torch is back at that high school showing off and doing tricks for uh, no reason that I can think of. Yeah, no, no reason um, other than like to have Spider-Man. He's already done his appearance. To have Peter Parker knowingly kind of be proud of himself. But he's, uh, he's back here at a high school. Peter's watching him. And uh, everything's everything all is well. We've defeated Doc Ock. Spider-Man is back with a new confidence. And we're at the end of, in my opinion, the first incredibly great, amazing Spider-Man This story issue. moved. I mean, it's the full length one, but it like a lot happens. But it also is just a quick read in the sense that just like it's a uh, it's such a cliche to say, but it feels like a thrill ride. It's just like the momentum just carries you through that story fast. You have that cool emotional arc of uh, Peter Parker being cocky and then losing his confidence, then getting it back again. Dr. Octopus is an interesting story. 
Um, you had a cameo from uh, the Marvel Universe see- with Human Torch. Yeah, everything everything works together really well. Um, and we see all the, the, at this point, uh, supporting cast that we've met so far. J. Jonah Jameson's in it. The school kids are in it. Uh, Aunt May is in it. Like, this is a great introduction to Spider-Man. If this is the first comic you read, everything's here that's existed. So we also far. get we get to see Spider-Man be lighthearted and funny and then other times be sort of overwhelmed and serious. And I kind of think of these early issues when they're at their best. They're a good balance of like Stan Lee's kind of jokiness and then Steve Ditko's creepy, atmospheric moodiness. And this this comic has both. Yeah, uh, it, it's just such a fun. Uh, uh, I've read this one so many times and rereading it yesterday before this podcast. I was like, oh, it's great. We do a thing, which we'll get to in a second, where we have to pick out a low light. And reading it now just through on this podcast, going through it again, there are a few things. But it, I got to the end. I'm like, nothing. There's no problem with this comic. It was perfect. Yeah, this is a great one. Um, we also have to pick our favorite panel and there's so many beautiful ones. It's impossible yeah, to pick was, one. Uh, so let, let's, let's go on to our awards. Let's do our great. awards. Um, you want to do favorite panel first? Great. Sure. What's your favorite panel, Will Hine? My favorite panel. And I knew it before we read it. Cause I've, uh, this is one that's, that has stayed with me. I love it so much. And, uh, it's, it's not even that central to the action, but, um, page 15 panel six, uh, when Spider-Man has come back after having new confidence and he's creeping through the atomic research center doc ock is watching him in a wall of monitors and he and we see, we hear him we hear doc ock say he's found a way to evade my electronic scanners hmm he's cleverer than i thought but like all of his arms seem to be like just moving and operating all of the tvs yeah. and the light is like making him sort of like he's shadowed from behind but glowing in front yeah it's a real creepy uh, super villain it looks creepy and just classic supervillain, and uh, it's. I think I remember it. I'm like, oh, this comic is beautiful. So that's that's my favorite. I love I love yeah, that. Yeah, um, I picked two, but I'm gonna go with uh, uh, this first one. I just as easily could have picked the first panel on the same page where it's the same thing, like Doc Ock yeah. kind of operating a bunch of machinery while being. Yeah, underlit. I thought that's the one you were gonna but, pick when we first got to this page because he's just as lit there. He's you see more of his face than the other one. He looks. He looks crazy in the one you picked. All I can tell you is that panel six is one I've thought. It just stays. I've thought about it over the years. It stays in my head. So I'm picking um, that I one. picked, uh, so on page 19, the third uh, panel, yes. where Spider-Man punches Doc Ock. The only time he punches Doc Ock in the whole story. Yeah. It's great. It just yeah. feels like it's such a great. Yes. It's a, that moment is such a climax to the whole story. Uh, it's delightful. And it looks great. Just like the arms are everywhere. The smoke, the punch. Uh I like that Doc Ock's hands are articulated in a certain way. Like one of Doc Ock, he's being punched out, right? One of his hands is sort of in a half fist. One of them looks like it's casting a spell or yeah, something like that. flailing backwards. Ditko's Spider-Man hands, man. powerful. No. It's just great. It's just, uh, it's that whole fight in, in one panel. I thought you were going to pick the slap, the Doc Ock slap That is Spider-Man. what I picked for my highlight. Um, oh, so okay. let's just go right to that. The highlight of the comic for me was the slap. It just... Being pulled in and slapped by Doc Ock and then tossed out the window. That whole like two or three panel sequence. Yeah, it's a huge surprise. It it's drawn in a cool yeah. way. I mean, uh, it has a big emotional the impact. Panel of the slap is it's very beautiful. I don't think it's as beautiful as the punch panel, but the sequence of just being pulled in, slapped, and tossed out a window. Those like three panels in a row are very powerful. Yes. Like the image of Spider-Man being tossed out a window that sticks with me from this comic forever. Just like tossed aside, like he was not even like he was a fly that. 
uh, Doc Ock had to get out of the room. There are, there are also extra big panels. Like Ditko normally does a six panel grid where there's just like six equal size squares on a page. That's that's almost always what he lives in usually. But then he'll occasionally do like a panel that's two panels across a whole row. And what he does on this place is he's got two big columns, so they're extra high, so they can have Dr. Octopus be very low, holding Spider-Man high above yeah. him, and it looks it cool. It takes up just more room. Yeah, the slap uh, is a t- twice the size of a normal panel. Yeah, the, the camera sort of widening for this view makes it very impactful. Uh, my highlight is your favorite panel, <laughs> yeah. Spidey's Punch. Uh, just like it's such an emotional moment when he finally breaks through and does it. Uh, they they pace it out really well. It's truly a dramatic moment. It's I'm not actually I'm not usually that into comic book fights. I'm into more of the melodrama and the speeches and and things like Peter Parker getting his confidence back. But if the fight's done right, I get totally sucked in. And this one's so yeah, good. Even, and when Spider Man finally wins it, even I even the I moment love it. right after the punch is great too, where he's sort of wiping his uh, brow. He's sort of like woof, and he's kind of yeah wriggling free of the arms. I mean, that's a great after effect. Um, you don't see that too much. So what's your low light in this great issue? What'd you pick uh, for what a low I light? Initially wrote down was nothing. Uh, as I said a moment ago, I couldn't think of anything. But there are a few little things, and I think uh, yeah. probably the Daily Bugle. I mean, even before he becomes a supervillain, they want photos of Dr. Octopus in a hospital bed. And I don't know why. Like, you have that photo? Great. Use it. You don't have that photo? Nobody cares. It's going to be buried on page (laughs) 25 or something of this newspaper anyway. But my low light is sort of a I'm kind of quibbling a little bit. But uh, at the bottom of page, I can't read it. What page is it? Nine? Yeah, I think you said uh, page nine. No, page eight. Page eight, panel six. Uh, when Spider-Man is first fighting Doc Ock and he's about to get defeated easily, Doc Ock, he's, he, uh, Spider-Man sprays his web to hold the arms together and Doc Ock just easily snaps it. But Doc Ock calls him Superman. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. He goes, and now, su- yeah, and now Superman, I grow bored with this game. My time is too valuable. So they called him the wrong yeah, I gotta name. admit that, uh, assume that's been fixed in reprints. But since we've got scans of the original yeah. issues here, yeah, that's a huge mistake. <laughs> Again, yeah. like... I mean, Superman's the dominant superhero of the field at this time. And you could argue forever. I mean, in a way, there's nobody bigger than Superman in, you know, if, if you think about it a I certain way. when you way. have one guy editing every comic and writing every comic and also, like, promoting every comic, things like this are going to slip through. Yeah. Um, it's hyphenated. Like, Superman is one word and Spider-Man is hyphenated. And here, Superman is hyphenated. So I know they meant to say Spider-Man. But uh, I'm going to say my low light is calling Spider-Man by the rival company's main hero. Yeah, that's a, that's a mistake. It's a nice plug for Superman. Uh, what's your favorite Stan-ism? Okay, um, it's sort of a subtle one, but when Doc Ock is breaking into the Atomic Research Center, it's one of those things where the arms definitely look creepy because of the way Ditko's drawing them. But I, I do think it's a little bit of a stretch to act like these metal arms are that powerful. So I like... There's a panel of Dr. Octopus sliding his metal arm through a grate to unlock a door on the other side. And he's thinking, it's an easy matter for Dr. Octopus to unlock a door. (laughs) And I feel like that's sort of like making a dramatic moment out of nothing in a way that's very Stan Lee. So that's mine. Yeah. um, Mine. And now I wish I'd picked Human Torch saying flame and fireballs. Because uh, that, yeah, that's I wish uh, that that's too. Really, really funny to me. <laughs> but I had initially written down, and I'm gonna stick with uh, my guns here. Is that when Spider-Man, when Peter Parker is sad at school, uh, Flash Thompson notices and goes, "Him? He's down in the dumps. Looks like he lost his favorite test tube." Uh, Flash Thompson's <laughs> insults always make me laugh because they're so lame. <laughs> they're so lame. Um, 
And still, the world is very mean to Peter Parker. It's going to be some time before his high school classmates get any nuance. Right now, they're just here to heap, just to heap abuse yeah, on Peter I will Peter say, none Parker. of the other, all the girls that talk to him in that two-panel sequence, they are just talking to him. Uh, what's up with him? He didn't answer. Did you hear the Fantastic Four are here? Or uh, the Fantastic Four sent Human Torch here? All this sort of stuff. Uh, they're just sort of like, hey, do you hear the exposition? Um, yeah. But just the lack of abuse is striking. It, it, we can almost interpret it as they're starting to soften towards yeah, Peter. Yeah, it's going to be fun when some of them start to not hate him. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, okay, well, so that that's our issue. Uh, we are three issues into the series, and I, I to me, this is the Spider Man has arrived. Yeah. Like uh, I, I was saying last episode, um, uh, I also do a Beatles podcast, and we went through all the albums in order. And the Beatles' third album is "A Hard Day's Night," and to me, "A Hard Day's Night" is the first fully great Beatles album. Like the they have fully arrived in their final form, and. Uh, not really final form, but in their, in their full power. And this is the Spider-Man issue where it's like, oh, we really get a glimpse over how good these stories are going to yeah, be. I think the next issue that we're going to do, uh, issue four, is almost as good or maybe just as good. Uh, it's versus yeah. Sandman. Uh, and I think it's a great story. It follows a lot of the similar beats. Um, yeah. Uh, with him almost, uh, you know, just being, we'll talk about it next episode but uh, him just getting yeah beat there's really like badly. almost being defeated yeah uh, and the same is a great visual foe as well um but yeah this issue next issue are just so great uh yeah we're, we're starting the, the spider-man arrives at its sort of peak form faster than like the fantastic four does fantastic four at its peak is so incredibly good but i think that peak happens later than Spider-Man's peak yeah, I think does. You know, it takes four, like it takes like twenty issues or so. Fantastic Four start peaking for, after Ditko has left Spider-Man. In fact, yeah, I mean Fantastic Four is good right away. The characters are great. It's really fun. Kirby's art, Jack Kirby's it's art, definitely is so good. good. But it, it, but I remember reading those reprints and going, it reaches a new level yeah. of goodness at a certain point where it like really blew me away when I reread the first hundred. Because at this issues. time, Fantastic Four was their biggest hit, and yes. when I read it, I'm like, yeah, it's good. But Spider-Man seems way better than me. And then when I read the later Fantastic Four comics, like a couple years in, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see why people would just be blown away by this. I can see why people are lifelong Fantastic yeah. Four fans. I can see why the Galactus, Kirby pulls you The Galactus storyline in Fantastic Four is yeah, so good. Yeah, that's like four and, or five years in. Uh, so yeah, that's right. And I, the Inhumans. I and, remember reading the reprints and being like, oh, it's getting so good. And then realizing they haven't even fought Galactus yet. It's such a special time. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why Marvel Comics took over. They yeah. They were... There was just an amazing alchemy of seasoned journeymen really doing their stuff very we well. We're still not even but it, at it the just, Avengers it, yet. The Avengers have not formed. Yep. Um, okay. Well, uh, that, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, if you're a Spider-Man fan, please come back next episode. We're going to talk about Amazing Spider-Man issue uh, check four. Check out some of our social media uh, sites. I'm going to post some of the images we talked about just now on our Instagram account. Screw it, Spidey is the handle of our Instagram account, and those will also be. Uh, shared on Twitter. Screw it. Spidey is uh, our handle on Twitter as well. You can send us an email at screw it. Spidey at Gmail. Please tell us if, if you're a fan of these comics, what you love about it. If you think we're leaving something out or uh, I don't know, just uh, make contact with us. We want to talk to people about Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, if you're getting ready for the next episode, read issue four of amazing Spider-Man, get your hands on a reprint of that. Don't buy the original comic. I think that's uh, more money than you should be spending on this. It's probably thousands of yeah. dollars. I read I read on Wikipedia about Amazing Fantasy 15 that it that um 
I think it sold for like $140,000 or something like that. Okay. Um, like one of the comics stores in New York city, um, had a, got a copy of it and sold it. Hang on. I'm going to look it up right now. It is yes. In September, 2000 Metropolitan's Metropolis, (laughs) Metropolis (laughs) comics in New York city. Sorry. Bought a mint copy of amazing fantasy 15 and sold it for 140,000. Then in 2007, a mint copy sold for 210,000. And then in 2017, a copy sold for 460,000. That's for amazing fantasy 15. The first appearance of Spider-Man. Do not pay these kind of prices to read these issues. Yeah, now. I mean, you can get reprints of them for uh, under a thousand dollars. And I, I personally don't mind if you bit torrent this stuff and read some of the scans of the issues. You know, yeah. give your money to Spider Man by going to see a movie or buying some merchandise. It's okay if you, it's okay if you. Uh, I think I steal copies of the original issues. I think I have, uh, I have the digest of these original issues. I have the black and white essentials of these issues i have the omnibus of these issues but i'm reading right now a stolen scan just because it's easier for podcast purposes yeah uh, and i love all four versions <laughs> we tried of it. To, uh, i do that too with comics i love i'll have like multiple versions of yeah. it um okay yes yeah, so everybody read amazing uh, spider-man number four and we'll see you next episode all right uh bye everyone bye screw it screw it we're just, just gonna talk about spider-man What's a creative podcast network?